Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first ever episode of MLB DFS Today. I'm going to be your host. I am Keith Cork, and I am being joined here by our MLB DFS champion over at Sports Ethos, our guy that leads the, the division at this point, Mr. Tim Morse. Uh, Tim has been with us just uh, for a couple months now, a uh, month or two here, uh, just helping us with the MLB DFS stuff. And, uh, man, been really impressed with the stuff he's been putting out there. You guys should definitely follow him on Twitter. But, Tim, it is great to finally get to speak with you on a pod and introduce you to the people, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I know we're talking about some MLB DFS, but first I want to just, uh, you know, have the people know a little bit more about you. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, are you, have you been a baseball fan all your life or, uh, is this, you know, just something you picked up as a hobby? Uh, I'm from LA, um, born and raised Dodger fan my whole life. Mm. Uh, I guess the, in the past two or three years or since Frank McCourt sold the team, I've gone way deeper into the baseball world yeah. into a lot more games i follow every team in the league now i mean what with gambling and dfs you just kind of yeah. have to follow as much as you can when you can so yeah. i got like four to five games going every night i watch as much as i can um yeah so <laughs> big fan here yeah i like it man I, I remember when i was a kid i used to like listen to every single cubs game on the radio I don't know if people even do that anymore. People, I guess baseball is a good one to listen to on the radio. You don't have to watch it, but obviously you, you catch a lot more if you watch it on TV. But, um, but I would uh, every Cubs game, and then I would also follow like uh, you know the, the Cardinals and the and the Brewers just because they're in the same division. So uh, I was big on uh, big on that. But uh, it's been a while for me. I will be the first to admit that I don't follow baseball as closely as I should anymore. But I'm excited to have Tim here to kind of fill in those gaps for me, man. And uh, so Tim, I know we're going to talk here about just kind of our uh, four-game here uh, turbo slate, right? Uh, starts at 1.10. It looks like uh, 1.10 my time would be 11.10 a.m. Pacific time, which would be your time. So we're looking at the turbo slate that starts with the Royals and the White Sox. Um, so, I mean, talk to me, man. Let's talk about that first game there. Royals, White Sox. Uh, we do have kind of some lines here. Um, obviously, we don't have a, a final decision yet in the starting pitcher for the Royals. But we do have the White Sox favored in this game uh, with the money line at minus 175. And then we've also got a run total of nine and a half. So a pretty high run total there as well. So uh, talk to me about this game, man. Who are you liking here? What are you? Uh, what's your angles? Yeah, well, one of the reasons I chose this, this slate over the morning slate or the night slate is because of this game and because of Lance Lynn on the mound, who has not been that good this year. But his last start, he went six scoreless. And the Royals have given some pitchers new life this season. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Saturday's game versus Lucas Giolito, who also was has not been very good this year. Mm-hmm. Giolito went six, struck out four, only gave up one run. Uh, you might remember a week ago, Michael Waka for the Padres almost no hit them. He yeah. went seven, gave up one hit, struck out 11. Uh on the 19th in this same series versus the White Sox, Michael Kopik went eight innings and one hit them and got 10 Ks. So I feel like this is a great opportunity for Lance Lynn to kind of put the hurt on the Royals and fall back into his previous form. I like it, man. So uh, it's kind of a struggling pitcher here uh, at the gate, but he's getting a juicy matchup here 
so I like that angle a whole lot. Do you think that, you know, we're talking about uh, DFS, and for me, I like to play a lot of GPP, so I like to think about what the field's going to do. Is he going to have high ownership on this four-game slate, or do you think people are going to be fading him because of his uh, you know early season struggles? I, I don't think people will play him. I mean, you're looking at Kershaw on the mound, Framber Valdez mm-hmm. is going, so you got two like locked-on yeah. aces going, so yeah. people might not look his direction, but he's like two or three grand this is on DraftKings cheaper than uh Valdez and Kershaw so with that extra 2k you can you can get somebody else um in, in the alpha you can get maybe uh Mookie or Jordan Alvarez uh maybe both of them if you have Lance Lynn you know? I like it man yeah yeah it looks like he's the third cheapest uh starting pitcher on the slate so sure. uh I like that as kind of a a low-owned guy, lower-owned guy that uh, that should be able to, to return some value for you. So I like that call a lot. Are there any hitters you like? I mean, there's a 9.5 run total here. Uh, seems like it might be a high-scoring game. So are you looking at any of the hitters here? Yeah, I mean, Lewis Robert is uh, was one of the hottest guys in the league in the last two weeks. He's got five homers. He's got five doubles. And I, for people that might not know, a double is worth five points. A single is only worth three. So you want to target guys that get extra base hits. So he had five doubles and five homers in the last two weeks. So that's 10 extra base hits there. You get 14 for a homer. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you want to target guys with big power, of course, but also guys that are hot. Luis Robert is fifth in the league in total bases this year with 95. So a total base is uh, like is a base that you get by hitting you if you right. get walked you don't get a base yeah right. gamblers definitely know this <laughs> yes but I mean, we've all been That's burned okay. we're like oh, <laughs> yeah. one total base he gets walked but yeah, yeah that doesn't count but yeah. so robert is fifth in the majors with 95 which is great on on a team that struggled to start the season but he's really picked it up um tim anderson was out uh yohan makata was out so robert is kind of the heart of this white Sox lineup I like it, man. So he's kind of the slugger there that we're kind of yeah. locking in in this uh, Royals-White Sox matchup. Uh, again, high game total. Is there anyone else that you're looking at here uh, to kind of back that up? Are you looking to stack some White Sox here? or? Yeah, uh, uh, there's one in particular, Jake Berger, who's the third baseman, um, sometimes DHs. He's at 3,000 on DraftKings, and he's got double-digit homers this year and only 89 at-bats. So he's got 10. Uh, he's the only player with less than 100 at-bats who has a double-digit home run total this year. He got three RBIs uh, on Saturday in this same series, so he, he's hot and he's cheap. So I like I like the stack there. Yeah, uh, definitely. We don't want to play against our pitcher, obviously, so we're probably not looking at a whole lot of Royals, if any. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I like those two White Sox you called out, even though I'm a Cubs fan. We'll go ahead and rock with the White Sox. Sure, let's go with it. Uh, no big deal. Uh, but, yeah, so I did have a question, though, because, you know, obviously I'm more of an NBA DFS guy. Uh, so maybe some of the other listeners out there that are kind of in my lane where we kind of just play casually might have this question. But you're talking about, you know, a guy getting hot and a guy maybe getting cold. Uh, you know, is that something you see a lot in baseball where uh, if a guy is hitting it very well, that's, uh, you know, kind of like you kind of can can almost set your watch to it. I mean, I know baseball's kind of uh, – it's very up and down, right? There's yeah, a lot of variance for there. sure. Streaky yeah. for sure. But uh, yeah, you uh, you see that. I mean, you've seen Aaron Judge. He's got seven home runs in seven days. Nolan yeah. Arenado had five home runs in a row. I mean, it, it, seeing the ball if, well. 
Exactly. If you've heard that term, you see in the ball well, that's exactly what baseball. we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. So, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if, if a guy – a guy is much more likely to hit it when he's hitting, basically. Yeah. I mean, to put it frankly. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you'll see guys that are cold go off and – Maybe you'll get lucky, but you're you're much better off taking a guy that's hot. And in like Berger's case or Robert's case, they're cheap compared to the other guys who are in that uh, production range for the mm-hmm. last like week or two, but way higher in price. Nice. Uh, I like that, man. That's that's good to know. I'm going to file that away in the old DFS brain. Yeah, if you guys don't know out there, I was an over 300 batter, so, like, don't mess with me. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I was, I was batted clean up. Like, come on now. I never hit a home wow. run. That's kind, of, that's kind of funny. I always got doubles. Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, looks like we have Oakland, uh, the Athletics, and the uh, Houston Astros here uh, starting at the same time. Looks like all the teams pretty much start at the same time. A little bit of a vari- uh, variation there, but... Uh, athletics at Astros, it looks like, and, um, let's see for lines for that game. I have to reconnect, uh, because it's right there where my thing is, it says, please reconnect. So just bear with me here. One second, everybody, uh, looks like we do have the Houston Astros, uh, heavily favored in this game. Minus three twenty-two right now, open at minus three twenty-five for the money line there. Uh, yeah, I've been, at, I've been betting the athletics. I, I don't know if you guys know out there. Uh, part of the wager pass. Uh, if you don't have the wager pass, go to sportsethos.com, sign up and get that wager pass. It is absolutely going to pay for itself uh, within probably the first month that you have it, uh, unless we go on a cold streak, which we always could do. But uh, you guys should go there. You should sign up. Uh, but I've been playing this little uh, system we were talking about right before we came on, Tim, where I'm playing kind of dogs, and uh, the athletics always seem to pop up just because they're always such such huge odds. Uh, and for me, when it's when you're talking about um, you know. When we're talking about like your return on your investment and uh, having to uh, you know wager less stake to get a big return, we're talking about like I mean here they're probably plus uh, two fifty or two sixty again, but they're usually in that range two fifty to two eighty. Just no one thinks they're going to win this game, so um, I have to imagine you're probably in that same same ball the same camp there that we're kind of fading the athletics at this point, or are you end up you look at some athletics here? Yeah, well. I will be stacking the Astros against the Athletics, but mm. I the I mean part of the reason is because Oakland has the worst team ERA right now at seven plus. Um, so, but but that means that they have to score runs to stay in these contests. I mean, I think they've only won like some 11, 12 games on the whole season, but they have the OPS leader in Brent Rooker. And they have the stolen base leader in Estuary Ruiz. And, um, I mean, they, they have guys that are worth playing. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons the money line is so big for Houston is because Framber Valdez is going, who's like the, he's, he's the number one guy mm-hmm. right now. And he's been a little inconsistent. His ERA is decent, 284, but he's got four losses on the year. He's actually three and four. Um, they just got Altuve back, so that should yeah. help them. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I would caution going. I would caution riding <laughs> Oakland um, for the Sunday I play, game. I always play it for small for a small amount, yes. but yeah. I, well, <laughs> I mean, the, the guy they're throwing out there, James Caprillion, has a 10.17 ERA, mm-hmm. and that he's been better in his last few starts, but. I mean, even if they go to the bullpen, like I said, they have the worst ERA in the majors. So, um, so yeah, that's why I I will be stacking Astros. Yeah. But, but I like I like the A's. They got a lot of exciting players uh, mm-hmm. that I'm sure will be picked off by other teams. 
<laughs> that's probably going to happen. No doubt, no doubt about that. Definitely will happen. Uh, but it sounds like we're probably looking at, uh, you know, a lot of ownership, pretty high ownership for these guys. So I know you mentioned a few guys there, like Altuve is back in the lineup. Obviously, I see him there at 5,200. But um, are there some maybe under the radar guys in the Astros you're looking at that, uh, you know, might not be so heavily owned? Uh, I don't know about under the radar. I mean, mm. I w- I'll probably be playing Jordan Alvarez, mm. who, uh, I mean, for how productive he's been, I mean, he was out for a little bit, but he's kind of under the radar in terms of being considered one of the top guys this year. Mm. But even with that, he's still third in RBIs with 41. He's he's only a, he only has 10 home runs on the year, but I expect that number to pick up. Um, he's He's just one of the best hitters in the game. Uh, some guy I might consider is Kyle Tucker as well. If I do do a Houston stack with outfielders, because um, I, I, I find value in the infielders more than the outfielders. So I want to play some of the higher priced guys in the outfield. And because of the matchup with the A's, I'll probably be playing Kyle Tucker and Jordan together. Um, I, I'll probably stay away from Altuve at this point because it's just too early. He was like 0-5 in his first game back. Um, so I'll, I'll give him a few games to get settled. But, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for value, there's Corey Jolks there, who's, I think, like 2,500 range, who's who has a chance to, to hit in some runs. He's in this lineup, which is a lot more dangerous with Altuve in it. Mm. Um But, yeah, I mean, that's that's – I'll probably go with some of the higher price guys. They – their, their lineup is is kind of shallow. Mm. Um, okay. If there's there's only really three productive guys in this lineup this season. Um, so. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and stack those Houston Astros. You guys should absolutely feel comfortable doing that. My guy Tim knows what he's talking about. Um, next game we got here is the uh, Dodgers against the uh, Atlanta. I'm sorry. St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, sorry about that, everybody. Dodgers against the St. Louis Cardinals, and they're at the Cardinals. Uh, and these are your Dodgers, so you should know a lot thing or two about yes. them. Uh, and as you said, Clayton Kershaw on the mound. So uh, obviously, big ace there. Uh, so it does look like the money line's been moving uh, from 151, minus 151 in favor of the Dodgers, to minus 144. Uh, so it looks like it's moving actually in the direction of the uh, Cardinals. A little bit, not too much. And then we've got a run total here of eight and a half. So uh, eight and a half run total. Uh, pretty pretty standard, I would say. Uh, you see that a whole lot. Uh, don't see a whole lot of variation there. I would say maybe nine or above would be high. And then kind of seven and a half or lower would be low. But eight, eight and a half are usually the most you see out there. But talk to me about this game, man. Um, what do you like here? What are you seeing? Well, it's kind of hard to... Um predict what kind of Kershaw we're going to get out there. The last start he made was like two or three days after it was announced that his mom had passed. So I don't think he was in the right headspace. So if we take that game out the game before that, he was excellent in Milwaukee, another NL central foe. Um, but this is, this is kind of tricky spot for Kirsch because he's faced the Cardinals batters before, um, he's got some history with them. You're looking at a guy like Nolan Arenado, who in 25 games versus Kershaw has five homers, a 300 batting average. Goldschmidt's got three homers off Kershaw. Wilson Contreras has two. Um, so these guys have seen Kersh. It's just 
if if you think the Cardinals will get to Kirsch, then there there's a lot of good value in their lineup. I mean, you're looking at Paul DeYoung, who's under 3K. Nolan Gorman has been tearing it up. Um, so you can stack Cardinals against Kershaw. I have a hard time doing that because, you know, he's my ace. He's my number one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there there is a lot of potential for offense for this Cardinals team who has the highest amount of runs in May. Um, so, I mean, some of that is skewed by some big games. They scored 18 runs two games ago um, off the Dodgers. Uh, and that was the Julio game, sent Julio to the I.L., Dustin Mays on the IL, Tony Gonsolin just came back. So Kershaw is really the only guy right now for the Dodgers. Um, so me and other Dodger fans will be hoping that we get good Kersh, but <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's up in the air whether that will happen. But I, th- if, I, if I could just talk about the yeah. Dodger side of it. Yeah. Um, the, the Dodgers guys have also some history with Jack Flaherty, Mookie, Freddie Hayward, Chris Taylor have all homered off him. Um, Freddie Freeman is having an amazing year. He's second in the doubles. It, he's second in doubles in all of the majors with 17. Uh, he's second in total bases. We talked about that with Luis Robert. Freeman is actually second with 103, four behind Acuna, who has 107. So, I mean, Freeman is kind of flying under the radar in terms of people talking about it because everyone wants to talk about Mookie. Muncy was leading the league in homers, but Freeman has really been the engine that's kept the Dodgers offense going and has kept them as like top five record in the NL, even though they have, they've had a bunch of injuries. Um, so I'll, I'll be playing Freddie at 5,000, which I feel like is, is a steal because Mookie's 5,800. Um, so I'll, I'll be playing Freddie instead of Mookie if it was between the two. I like it, man. And obviously, you are the uh, the guy there that knows that Dodgers roster up and down at the uh, Sportitos here. So I trust you on that one, absolutely. Um, so you, I know you talked a little bit about uh, you know some of the things that, as you were talking there. I had a kind of a question about was like, you know, I know I know for baseball, a lot of times it does come down to, uh, or a lot of people focus on a hitter's pre- prior performance against a pitcher. So is that something that you focus on heavily? Is it something that you think is a little bit overvalued? What do you? What is your thoughts on that one? Well, it's 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 hard to use it as like the the only thing to go off of, of course. But when yeah. you're talking about a guy with a big history, so like someone with like Nolan Arenado, who played on the Rockies, was in the NL West for years for the first half of his career. Yeah, you know he's seen Kershaw a lot. He's he knows his curve. He knows how Kershaw wants to attack him. So I mean, you see guy. With analytics, it's like, okay, the first two times through the lineup, the pitcher does well. The third time through the lineup, the the, the batter has a lot more experience with what the guy's throwing, how the guy wants to attack him. So just expound that to like 10, 20 games. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just gives gives the pitcher a disadvantage. So, the, I mean, of course, the bigger the sample size, the more indicative of what's right. going to happen. So... It, I, I like I like it more to to see if if a guy's like homered off somebody to know that he'll he'll be going into that at bat with confidence like yeah. okay I've I've found this guy out before I can do it again yeah. Um, but but yeah a lot of it is 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 the pitcher going to be on especially with a guy like Kershaw like when he's on he's untouchable but when yeah. he's off like it it it'll <laughs> be a problem for him. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a good explanation, man. That's perfect. So, um, but yeah, that, that is a good thing to, uh, a good interesting point there. You know, um, I kind of think what we're, what I take away from that is, you know, if there's a big, a big sample size, obviously, uh, we could do a lot more with that. Small sample sizes, we can kind of just toss that to the side. Um, but I think there is something to that concept of, you know, the more you see a picture, the more you know what their stuff looks like. So um, something to definitely keep in your back pocket there. All right, last game here on the schedule or on the uh, slate here is the Colorado Rockies at the Texas Rangers. Uh, and, of course, my thing has failed me once again, but we will go ahead and reload. And let me see what we got here. We've got the uh, Texas Rangers. They started as uh, favorites at minus 205 and slipped even further in their direction at minus 208. So it looks like money might be coming in on the Rangers. We also have a game... Uh, run total of nine. So nine for the run total. A little high there. Uh, Andrew Heaney on the mound, it looks like. I hope I'm saying that right. And Conard Siebold on the mound for the Rockies. So uh, what do you like in here, man? What, do you, what are your angles? Well, I will probably be playing a Texas stack. Um, Texas, the Rangers have been really good this year. They have the second highest run differential in the league um, with plus 98. The Rays are first with plus 126 which is crazy but texas they score a lot of runs they got a they got big power they got big you know they got big money in there so they better have big power but Corey seager just came back a few days ago he hit a a homer and i think had two more hits on saturday um so i'll I'll probably be playing him adalis garcia it's the rbi leader in the majors um he's been that pretty much all year um, I mean, you want to talk about stats that might not be indicative, but uh, just stick out to me. The last three Sundays that Adeles Garcia has played, he's got eight hits out of 12 at-bats, seven runs scored, a home run in the last three Sundays, five RBIs last Sunday, three RBIs the Sunday before that. I mean, if, I'm not saying that <laughs> he'll have another big Sunday, but I, he might just love Sundays. Um, so I'll, I'll be playing him. I mean, he's kind of boomer bust, but when he bo- he had a 68 point game earlier in the season, so that's just kind of the potential you have there. Um, so and and with Seager getting back, I mean, you can't really avoid anybody in their lineup. So I'll be playing a Texas stack for sure. Awesome. Anyone looking on the Rockies? Um, I, nah, not, not really. Up. I mean, they're kind of jerks in Profar is okay, but yeah. he's, they, they have a lot of steady guys, but no one really that stands out. Charlie Blackman's been good, but they're just a little, they're priced a little too high for my taste for me to feel comfortable. Cause like guys in the Charlie Blackman range, you're talking about like Luis Robert or even Alice Garcia, who's only 5,000 compared to Blackman. Who's like, a thousand less than that, maybe in that range. So I'd rather put that money towards somebody who's going to have a, a bigger day. Like Blackman might be steadier, but I, I mean, I, I like the Texas team a lot more than yeah. the Rockies team. Yeah. I'll say Fair that. Enough. Fair enough. Well, that's all four games here, guys. Um, I'm going to ask you those some just kind of general questions here before we go, Tim, but uh, just so you guys know out there, anyone listening, as I always say for these pods, you know, we're recording the night before. A lot changes between the night before and, uh, you know, the first pitch. So you guys do want to tune in. Make sure you're keeping on top of, you know, any lineup changes that might happen, any injuries that might pop up, things like that. You know, don't just uh, go into it with the uh, mindset that you're going to lock in stuff the night before 
and it's just going to happen. If you're playing DFS, you have to pay attention right up to uh, that first pitch. So definitely do that. Uh, so this serves as more of like a primer. But, uh, you know, with that being said, Tim, sounds like we're, you know, stacking the Rangers and the Astros pretty hard here. Uh, if somebody's in between, you know, a stack on either of those teams, which of those two would you prefer? Um, I would prefer the Rangers because mm. of you can they have uh, better value guys than the Astros. Yeah. So I mean you're talking about Leone Tavares, Robbie Grossman, Ezekiel Duran are all under 3K. Um, they all start and they all produce uh, compared to the Astros bottom of their lineup. Who I mean you, you'll you'll be lucky to get a hit out of the bottom of their lineup. Just from how they've performed, maybe they'll be different now that they're getting whole again. But this Rangers team, like the run differential will tell you, they they just they mash. So I, I I would prefer them. And it sounds like you're uh, you know obviously you're playing that cheap uh, pitcher there in Lynn uh, on the White Sox, but uh, sounds like you're leaning towards maybe Kershaw as your other pitcher. What 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 about your favorite spin up for pitcher there? Is it Kershaw? Yeah, I I, I can't resist. <laughs> I mean, especially because I called it. <laughs> yeah, all the injuries. Uh, well, because uh, I played Framber Valdez his last start and he burned me big time. Yeah. But I mean, before that. He he had been excellent. I think it was against the Angels. He like went seven, gave up maybe one or two hits, but um, but that was when he was going against Shohei. So yeah. the Angels don't like to score runs for Shohei. I think you'll so, I think you'll win on uh, ownership there because I think people will go to Valdez a lot uh, yeah. with with them playing against the Athletics. So um, that's that's an angle for you guys out there as well. You always want to try to get a little bit of the percentage, especially in these smaller slates. Uh, you know, any percentage you can get on the ownership uh, that's lower in your favor. So you have a lower, uh, you know, uh, pre- lower owned guy. Uh, that is always a good thing. So if you're going to Kershaw at 10-2 over Valdez at 10-8 and you end up having, I don't know, we'll say 20% ownership as opposed to 30% ownership, uh, then you're you're winning that game if uh, if Kershaw has a good outing and uh, Valdez does not. So, uh, and even if Valdez does have a good one, you're still winning if uh, if they're similar because you have that, that savings there as well. So, but that's going to do it for us, guys. That is our first ever MLB DFS podcast. Uh, I think so. I think actually, well, Joe was doing some before, so maybe not our first ever, but our first ever for this season uh, and with Tim. So, Tim, thanks for coming out with me. I am Keith. You can find me on Twitter, guys, at, at EthosKeith. I uh, don't have a whole lot of baseball content out there, but I do other sports, uh, and I will have some baseball stuff for sure, so definitely look at that. Uh, and, Tim, where can people find you in your work, my friend? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at me, Tim Sim. Um, I tweet out threads a few times um, throughout yeah. the week. And then I write a delivery on Sports Ethos that comes out on Friday, Sunday, and Tuesday. There will yeah. be one tomorrow for probably the afternoon slate, the 1 o'clock Pacific for Eastern slate, um, which, which uh, I think has four games as well. Um, so yeah, so look out for that. Um, follow ethos fantasy baseball on Twitter. They tweet my stuff out. They do great stuff over there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Go follow my guy, Tim. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Those threads are gold, man. Uh, if you guys aren't following him, you guys are missing out. Uh, we are going to try to bring this to you guys every Saturday to cover that Sunday slate, uh, from here until hopefully the end of the season. We'll see how that goes. If you are out there and you play MLB DFS and you're listening and you're saying Tim's got it all wrong. Uh, come talk to me, and uh, I'd like to talk to you. You can come join our team. We are still getting some people on uh, to do this. I, I'm just joking about Tim. Tim does great work, but uh, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, we do have room here on the team to grow, so if you guys want to come join this uh, this movement we got going on here, uh, it's a real fun time. So uh, that's it. 
Until next time, guys, hey, go get that money.